Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report, and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. This morning, we bring you a story from our colleagues at KQED's podcast, The Bay. They're kicking off a series about expanding concepts of democracy and increasing representation in government. For the first episode, The Bay's host, Devin Katayama, talked to KQED reporter Arati Bandlamudi about LGBTQ candidates of color who've recently been elected in the Bay Area. Let's talk about some of these candidates, starting with Alex Lee. Tell me about who he is. Alex Lee is 25, so he's the youngest state legislator in almost a century and the first openly bisexual state legislator in California history. And he was running to represent District 25, which basically covers Fremont, Santa Clara, San Jose, Milpitas, and Newark. I'm talking from my hometown of San Jose in my high school bedroom in my um, family house. What kinds of things did you notice him saying that show how his experience is drastically different from most of the other elected California leaders? He is sort of clear about a few things. One of them is that, you know, he thinks of himself as a working class person. He's a gig worker and he talks about how, um, you know, that's part of his identity and he wants people to know that he understands the struggle of being a gig worker. You know, it's not this foreign concept where after tour somewhere, you know, and I have to talk to someone to understand the struggle. I, I understand it. I understand it innately. And of course, I want to hear the stories of other people as much as possible and keep in touch with that. But it's not something I have to learn secondhand. Alex Lee ran to represent a district that covers a lot of Silicon Valley. And, you know, San Jose is a really big city and there is a housing affordability crisis. Housing in general needs to be built. It's a lot of suburbia. It's a lot of people who are working not only as gig workers, but also in the tech firms that sort of run the politics and the economy of that area. So he's sort of in this very interesting and socioeconomically different and varied area. What did he say about his identity and how important that is to him and his role in politics? He is the first openly bisexual state legislator in California history. And he sort of talked about how he he treats that first title with a lot of gravity. You know, I think about it a lot that if I screw up, basically, and I, 
you know, if I screw up your job, it reflects poorly on future candidates. And that is not my hope at all. It's important to me as a young person, especially as a young queer person of color, to do the job well so that we can uplift more young queer people of color to office. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. So I want to talk about Lucy Shen, who ran for school board in Fremont. Why did you want to talk with Lucy Shen? Lucy Shen said that they didn't really expect to run, but no one really excited them. From my viewpoint as why I'm calling myself an organizer, um, it would really make our organizers job easier if we could have one of our own in an electoral position because it could save their time and energy so that they can keep working on things that matter instead of having to turn people out to like the most basic of discussions. Lucy Shen really started getting involved in politics and activism back in 2018. At the time, they wanted to work on updating the health and sex ed curriculum in schools. You know, because they're non-binary and there are a lot of people in Fremont who are skeptical about that, they faced homophobia at the time. And a lot of it boiled down to whether or not students in fourth through sixth grade should have access to like puberty education. Um, and there was a lot of misinformation and fear mongering swirling around that entire event. <laughs> what did Lucy Shen say about their connection to Fremont and what it was like to grow up there? They talk about how they were pursuing activism in high school, but then they left for college on the East Coast and they didn't think they would come back. Yeah. Why did they come back then? Well, they graduated from Wellesley, and then COVID hit, so they had to come back to live with their parents. And they talk about how if COVID hadn't been a thing, they probably would be working and worrying about where they'd move next. It very much comes from a feeling of feeling like very rooted in this community and like seeing it change as I grew up. Yeah, I just I feel like I have a very deep understanding of this place. It makes it hard to leave for sure. <laughs> Did Lucy Shen say anything about what it was like to put themselves out there during a campaign put their identity on the line and talk about these really hard to talk about issues in a city that sounds like to them hasn't been as open to having these conversations. This is Lucy Shen's home. And, you know, they talked about how, you know, they they experienced a lot of support. They got a lot of support from their community, but also backlash. Like my mom and her friends are basically in these groups and they're they're my moles, right? Like they see this, this crap people are spewing. My neighbors too. And my neighbors would all like message me and be like, hey, just so you know, these are some chat logs. 
So it was good to have them on my side. And that's all thanks to my mom because she like wrangled them. In the end, Lucy Shen lost the school board race. Do you know if they're going to run again? For now, Lucy Shen is not sure yet. They say they're more interested in being on the sidelines, but if nobody else steps up, they're willing to try. I know they came back to Fremont because of the coronavirus. Do they expect to stay in Fremont? Has this changed how they feel about the city or their desire to stay? It really does seem that way. And we talked about seeing the value with having to grapple with what your hometown looks like and how you can affect change if you stay there. I mean, I never really thought of myself before then as being particularly politically involved, um, but I realized that this was an aspect where I could affect change in a meaningful way while working with the people that I loved and trusted the most, because these are the people that I grew up with who we were able to turn out. Adity, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was an excerpt from the first episode of By the People, a new series from the Bay looking at the different ways democracy happens around the Bay Area. You can find the Bay wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the California Report for Friday, November 27th. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with additional engineering from Seal Muller and Jim Bennett. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Alice Wolfley, and Holly J. McDeed. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Talk to you on Monday. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. And Personal Capital, offering professional-grade financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary. PersonalCapital.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.